Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Support Wrestle Talk! Give us a subscribe. Making their way to the ring at a combined weight of undeniably sexy, hailing from London, the Russell Ramble Podcast! Hello and welcome to the Russell Ramble Podcast. I am Ollie Davis and I'm joined by Luke Hammond. Hello, Swerf Nation, and a hello to you, Oliver Davis. How the devil are you? I'm doing okay. I'm off to the footy tonight. As oh, am I. I. I forgot I invited you. Yes. We're both off to the bloody footy. Yeah, I was originally just going to go to a pub with some friends of mine. And El Fakador. And El Fakador. Um, but plans have since changed because you've got to win a bloody competition, mate. I won a bloody competition yesterday. I entered it at 6.30am Tuesday morning while I was watching Raw. I can't believe you didn't tell me about this until it had already closed. Therefore, I, not allowing me to win. Hey, you got a ticket in the end because <laughs> a few of my friends backed out. And you were like, yeah, you were like number five or something. <laughs> uh, but yes, it's a Hyde Park screening, which I would argue is London's equivalent to Central Park. Yes, yeah, yeah. Probably. And, oh, actually, Hyde Park's are way away. Yeah, it's, well, uh, yeah, like where Central Park is like very central in the, <clears throat> in the middle of New York. Um, Hyde Park is not quite that central yeah but it's still it's still great and 30,000 people uh have been like chosen by ballot completely random i was lucky enough to get in with four tickets it was like the finger snap yeah Uh, and uh yeah on their large massive screen they're going to be playing the semi-final of england taking on croatia in the world cup absolutely and the thing I'm more excited about, because I'm not a big... I used to be a big football fan between the age of, like, 12 and 15. Uh, it kind of... I was more of a football fan than wrestling in <gasps> some of those years. and But then I just haven't followed it for a decade and a half, which makes me feel a bit bad that my friends who genuinely love football and watch it all the time didn't get the tickets and I did. <clears throat> but it's also kind of funny. Yeah. And one of them's coming with us anyway. Uh, but yes... The Lightning Seeds are going to be there doing a live performance before the kickoff of Three Lions. But do we know if they're playing just Three Lions or are they going to do like some other Lightning Seed songs and then end with Three Lions? Or maybe start and end with it. I bet you Bedell and Skinner are there. I hope so. That would be that would be bloody special. I bet bloody, you bloody, bloody, bloody. It would be bloody, bloody special. I, well, or maybe they just swerve us and they do new stuff. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they don't sing yeah. Three Lions. <laughs> I'm hoping they'll do Three Lions, mm-hmm. and then we, we being the uh, the royal English we, because yep. I'm I'm in the football team as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they perform after when we win. Well, obviously, because it is coming home, so it is high likely that they will be singing. It's coming home. They'll be singing three lines afterwards. People saying it's coming home is is annoying. Uh, why it's is most it annoying? it's most annoying when my parents do it. Oh really? Yeah, I, I don't think know it's why. quite fun. My mum is well into the World Cup at the moment. She absolutely loves it. It's it's a pretty mainstream thing to do. <laughs> and we, me and you, are of course we sit on the sidelines in our little, uh, like sort of niche interest areas, and then the whole country gets swept up in football mania. And I've got to say, I've been swept along with them. Well, it when, is a, when we uh, yeah. won the Columbia game. Yeah, I mean, I um, so I, I was listening to a podcast today. They were very much making jokes about the fact that God, the media have been very quiet on reporting about the World Cup, haven't they? It's Sarcasm. <laughs> it's a little bit, but uh, I've been really, really swept up in this, and it was because um, I missed the first couple of games because I was either working or I was driving my wife somewhere or i was doing other things i just i I was always out when the game was on and i was like i was really starting to get a bit pissed off about it i said to my wife i was like i'd really love to just sit down and watch an england game i was like i really that's what i really want to do i really want to sit down and watch an england game and the first opportunity i got was the panama game and then just before it started we had to go out and i had to drive her somewhere so i missed the first half of the football and then i got back and I, i basically caught the last 20 minutes of the game which were dreadfully boring because we just parked the bus and i was like this is all i've seen and then i watched the belgian and then i got to see the belgian game where we were absolutely shocking because we didn't put out a a full squad and i was like i've done very poor with watching the england games here because the first two games were apparently fantastic and i just mm. i missed all that or at least the first game and a half but i've missed all that but then man during the columbia game i was all over it like white on rice, I was all like a tramp on ships, as Nick Hewer on The Apprentice used to say. I was all over it, and I was so into it, and I was well into the penalties, and I loved it. And then uh, playing the Swedes on Saturday, I had my in-laws and my parents over so we could watch it like a big bloody family. On your Ikea furniture. On my Ikea. Uh, um, no, actually. No, no. Oh, well, actually, the TV was on Ikea furniture. Come on. Yeah. Everyone has some item from Ikea in their house. Oh, I've got multiple Ikea furniture. Yeah. But I was thinking my, my uh, sofa's from Asda, which is American. Um, Georges. Georges. But my TV unit is from Ikea. And I just had a bloody great time. And then we had a barbecue afterwards, and it was bloody brilliant. So I'm well swept up in it at the moment. I was quite taken by how attractive everyone from Sweden is, going by the crowd shots. It's an attractive country, man. Yeah. My brother used to live there, so I've been there several times. Brought the average down a I, bit, yeah. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Big woodsman that he is. And um, we like it is a very beautiful country full of lots of beautiful people. I, uh, I I didn't watch the first any of the first round games because I, d- I don't care. <laughs> I, d- I didn't I haven't liked football for a long time. Not that I don't like football, but I've just not followed it because there's too much heartbreak, especially the national team. Mm. I used to be obsessed, obsessed about it as a teenager where I'd cry if England lost. And I thought, grow up, Ollie. Leave this stuff behind. Nothing should make you cry anymore. Did you used to get the little uh, figurines with the massive heads? Massive heads. I had a Terry Sainsb- Venables. Ah, uh, yeah, I got the all the ones from Sainsbury's. I feel like Terry Venables is my Kevin Kelly. <laughs> 
Uh, I did, but the coins, yeah, the coins from, from uh, petrol your, stations, Euro ninety six and World Cup ninety eight. Of course, Panini sticker books. Oh, I love Panini mm-hmm. sticker books. Well, Euro ninety six was like that was my peak uh, England fandom of like so into so into football, so into the England team, and I was in Guernsey on a school trip during that fateful. Um, penalty shootout where Gareth Southgate hey, missed it. It's come good. It has come good, man. It's like full circle. And I was there. I was in a tent listening to it on a radio, which makes it very difficult to know what's happened because you just hear thump and then a big reaction. And you don't, commentators don't say he's missed or he's scored. You just hear a crowd reaction. People are cheering because he's bloody missed. And it's the it's the other team that are cheering, not, not Southgate. In the early days of Red Button, I used to be such a hipster where I would change the commentary to the radio commentary because I enjoyed the radio commentary more than the actual television stuff because I thought I still think TV you say that my, is pretty rubbish. My dad still does that. Does he? My, oh, I, I'm not alone. Yeah, my dad does that because he can't stand uh, the commentary, which is understandable because commentary is usually very bad on TV, yeah. particularly ITV when you've got Clive Tilsdale, who is just, he's uh, how he has had such a long career as a football commentator is astounding. He's awful at it. Uh, but the, the radio is very descriptive and you, they, they always have to talk because people are listening to it on the radio. They can't, need to know what's happening. Can't leave dead air. But like, yeah, I mean, th- I never really made that connection between now and commentary on WWE and how bad it is. Now, I wish there was a radio version Although, where they described yeah. every move. It's funny that you say that WWE commentary and how bad it is. But you and I have recently just been watching um, TNA Destination X for our Patreon podcast, mm. Wrestle Ramble Extra. And I mean, Michael Cole is being a robot and reacting, but at least he's reacting. So we can't we can't be too mean because that wasn't the usual broadcast team. Taz was quote on assignment, so Mike Tenay was paired up with Jeremy Borash, and they kind of cancelled each other out because <laughs> they sound the same play by play guy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you know you would expect Taz to riff off a few bits, but uh, what is that a goof? As yeah. the Actually Dara podcast would often say. But anyway, we are running out of time, so I'm going to get through one bit of correspondence before we get into the uh, the outro, or until we get into the main show, I should say. Because I know you actually want to listen to the main show, oh, yeah. and then listen to the outro. I, f- I forget that there's a Smackdown review So coming. do I, because we recorded this in one big chunk. And um, quite a long intro for the Smackdown review uh, this week, because we are talking about Rusev and his push, and then we get into... It's usually the intro for a Smackdown review is about eight or, you know, eight or nine minutes. It's about 20 minutes, this intro. I just had a much better idea for the title of the Wrestle Ramble. Oh, well, we did now. We haven't finished loading it yet. Yeah, but we've. I say it in the start of the thing. Oh, okay. Has Rusev missed his day? Ah. Oh. Oh. I've seen that for the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> we've got this email in from George. How Wrestle Talk brought me out of fan retirement. Oh, that's nice to hear. My name is George, I'm 22 years old, and I live in California, and I am a proud after-swafter. So nice. an after-swafter is someone who watches the show on YouTube <laughs> and then comes and listens to the podcast just for the intro and outro. It's given are- us all the clicks. That's all the ad- That's the most ad revenue we can get out of a single person. Uh, it's 
George is my kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, I remember you saying that you wanted us to send in our stories about how we discovered WrestleTalk, and I wanted to share mine. As a kid, I was a big fan of WWE, but being Hispanic, my family only wanted to uh, wanted me to see Triple A Lucha Libre because it was what they called quote real lucha. <laughs> but I would sneak my occasional episode of Raw and SmackDown on Fridays, and my favorite wrestler was Edge. Everything about him was cool to me. As I got older, I stopped watching wrestling, as most do. I do remember giving it a chance later in life, but as I found out Edge had retired, it didn't seem interesting to me. Then, after WrestleMania 33, I found out about the Hardys returning, and I actually went on YouTube to look up, quote, Hardy return reactions from the fans at home when I stumbled upon a recommended video that was WrestleTalk's WrestleMania 33 review with Broken Matt Hardy as the thumbnail. That took me into a rabbit hole for it that was the WrestleTalk YouTube channel. I like the sense of humor of both you and Ollie. That's actually my first videos on WrestleTalk in the new era. Of course, with WrestleMania yeah. 33 is when we started doing the WrestleRam. Well, that seems a lot longer. Doesn't it, In just? the nicest possible way. Thank you very much. Uh, I like the sense of humor of both you and Ollie, as well as the consistency of the videos. It was if uh, it was it seemed I liked every video I was having Sorry, I'll try that again. It seemed like every video I was having a conversation with two of my re- wrestling loving buddies. Nowadays I've grown <clears throat> Nowadays, aha, now a days, I see. Nowadays, I've grown just past one year with you guys. Loves uh, living through such events as the Wonder Rolly reveal. Luke, Luke's epic rant on Randy beating Jinder Mahal clean when he was the champion on SmackDown. God, do you remember that? Do you remember that? Um, the Owens wedding and the most recent landmark, the beginning of Ollie's training for a marathon. Anyways, this email has probably gone a bit too long, so I just want to say keep up the great work, fellas. You make me proud to call myself a part of the Swift Nation, although he has written Swift Nation, which seems to me like it was probably uh, an autocorrect. Um, sincerely, George. Well, thank you very much, George. That Eloquently means a lot. read as well. Uh, yep, yeah, I didn't do the, the, the best job, but I... <laughs> It's not as easy as it looks, you know. I like how he included all those landmarks, but kind of left off when we passed half a million subscribers, when we were infiltrated by Fakador. Yeah, well, I think he's gone for the more important ones. Yeah, okay. My epic rant about Randy Orton beating Jinder Mahal. You know, who could forget such a thing? It's not in my top ten, but <laughs> it was memorable. <laughs> But anyway, we uh, have gone past Ollie's required 10 ah, minutes of the what, intro. What time is this? It's uh, 12 minutes 43. Well, it's not too bad. But we'll see you after the SmackDown review. Well, don't worry. We're not being doomsayers. We're just merely pointing out that about s- four months ago, Rusev was the most overact in the company. Rusev Day chance erupted not just in his matches whenever he came out, but in other people's matches on other shows, at independent shows, in NXT, on Raw. And now it's kind of like two, three months too late that he's finally getting this push that he quite frankly deserved as of last year when he was out with injury for a while and he only came back uh, I think it was for the pay-per-view after Money in the Bank last year, which apparently he was originally planned to win that ladder match, but then they went for the Jinder Mahal idea and he got bumped down the card. But he, he's managed to get himself over in the interim and now he's challenging for the WWE title, uh, a sort of position we all didn't see coming but were pleasantly surprised by and we're really happy for him. It's just, I personally do not at all buying to Rusev by uh, beating AJ Styles this weekend. And for me, that's a problem. I do agree with you that there is, I've no doubt 
that AJ is retaining this weekend. However, what I will say is I've really enjoyed SmackDown these last few weeks. I really enjoyed last week's show, and I really, really enjoyed this week's show as well. And I thought that they've done some really good, effective build to the AJ and Rusev match. I think they've really gone out of their way to try and make Rusev feel like a credible threat. And I think they've also done a really good job of balancing the comedy of Rusev Day with him being a a, a credible threat to the WWE Championship. It's not going to win. They've not done the point where I'm like, oh, I think he might win. But I think they've done enough job where I'm like, yeah, this doesn't feel like a throwaway filler match. I think they have actually, like, it is a filler match, but I think they've done enough to make you feel like it's, make it feel like it's not a filler match. So I, like I, it's, it's coming in the middle of the card. Yeah, I disagree. I, I totally agree on the point that they have struck the perfect balance between the comedy of Rusev Day and Rusev Day also being a badass thing. That's remarkable how they've managed to do that. And to be honest, it's really needed because you can't just... It, it's kind of... It jars if he's all of a sudden this badass after being a comedy figure for a while. So this is the perfect transition. And I hope they keep him there. And then slowly, like, you know, six months down the line, he's full-on destroyer mode again, full-on crush. But I don't think they've done an effective job of building Rusev as a credible opponent. Because, mm-hmm. as we both just said, neither of us believes that he's going to win... I don't think anybody believes he's going to win. It's not like I'm really looking forward to a Rusev-AJ Styles match. I am because I like both guys, but nothing beyond that is making me intrigued about it. Like, the story isn't. uh, The result, I feel like, is already written on the wall. Of course, WWE could do a big swerve and Rusev wins, and then everyone can say, ha-ha, look, you're wrong. But that doesn't really work that way because the idea would be WWE lay those seeds beforehand and position both guys as equal contenders for the title and this is just bad storytelling if if we they don't so i yeah i think they could have done a lot more to position rusev as an actual number one contender i think this is one of these months where this is very much a filler feud and a you know filler time because SmackDown is being built around the reunion of Team Hell No. It's been built around Daniel Bryan. So the WWE Championship has taken a back seat to Daniel Bryan and, and Kane. So I don't think you want to try and overshadow that too much. You know, you want to try and... Like, Why can't you have everything well, good, though? Well, well, I mean, well, ask WWE. Like, but the, like the, as fun as the... The Kane Daniel Bryan close was for this this show. It's mm. hardly the hot go home angle of one guy trying to do part the other guy's pyro. What if Rusev absolutely went crazy and this was the moment he dropped all the comedy stuff and he beat the crap out of AJ? But I, 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 that's where I'll disagree because I do think they've done a really good job of, as I said, balancing the comedy and and I, I, I this is a filler feud and I'm not going to dispute that. There is no way Rusev is winning this Sunday. I'm not going to dispute that either. Having said that, I said the same thing at Battleground last year with Jinder Mahal. Look how that turned out. Mm. Um, or was it Backlash? Whichever one it was. It's probably Backlash. It's always Backlash. It's always Backlash. But uh, what I will say is I, I, do, I give them some credit for making this feud not feel too much like a mid-card filler feud. I think that they have made Rusev feel like he is on AJ's level. And that and this is like a good push up into the main event for Rusev. Granted, come next month, he might be way back down again because they might bring in Samoa Joe and Samoa Joe and uh, AJ go towards SummerSlam and they make that a bigger program than they are with Rusev. Did you do you know where Samoa Joe was this week? I do not. Beating up Ty Dillinger on WWE.com before the show. 
Well, Remember about a month ago when we were like, oh my God, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Shinsuke Nakamura. This is your main event scene. Build the whole promotion around these four guys. That's incredible. It's like a Ring of Honor dream from five years ago come to life. I haven't done that. Well, that's because I believe Ty Dillinger has been calling out Samojo on Twitter. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. But, but again, like this, but we, I mean, I talked about this with Fake Ollie last week. One of the other reasons I like SmackDown is that they do a really good job of cycling in guys and cycling them out again. So you don't just get overexposed to them. What we were talking about yesterday with Roman Reigns, him being on TV every week does him no favors because everyone just gets sick of the sight of him. But like Joe hasn't been on TV for a while. You keep him away. And then once you've got an, an open spot for him, it's the same with the bar. Like, like the bar haven't been around for ages because there's nothing for them. So rather than just have them on TV having pointless matches, a la Ember Moon versus Liv Morgan, a la Mojo Rawley versus No Way Jose, you kind of keep them off TV for a while and then you bring them back and you put them into a program. I, I totally get that and I agree, but I worry that because SmackDown, and I am enjoying SmackDown right now and I am happy Rusev's in this AJ Styles match and I'm really enjoying Team Hell No and everything, but SmackDown right now still isn't the pinnacle of wrestling storytelling. I think the fact that they haven't got anything for Cesaro you, and Sheamus... Are you expecting WWE to be the pinnacle of... I, I'm just like, what SmackDown's done is it's raised my conditions for what a WWE show should be. So I thought this week was very, very good. I enjoyed it. But now that's average. That's like the normal level a WWE show should be. And then if it's really good, it's four out of five. If it's a, an all-time classic, it's five out of five. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before, you know, like... Maybe last year, if SmackDown put on this show, I'd be saying this was a four out of five. But just because they've been so good consistently, we can raise our expectations so you, a bit more. So not to give too many spoilers away, but you've given this a three out of five. I, w- I would give this an average, an average smack bang in the middle Interesting. rating. I give it a, a high smacktastic. Well, yeah, that's because you're easily impressed. But the the fact that <laughs> tell Ce- that to YouTube. The fact that Cesaro, I thought it was fine, and Sheamus don't have anything at the moment. That isn't, oh, I'm keeping these guys fresh, I'm going to bring these back. That's insanity. Like, you should bring people in, keep that plate spinning over the weeks, not have them on TV every week, but at least have them there. It's it's an oversight, a bad oversight, that some key people have been left off the card. Well, the, the, actually, I think it, it's a testament to how deep SmackDown's roster yes. depth is, in that they haven't been on TV for weeks, but it's not felt like, God, there's been a lot of filler that the bar really could have slotted in there. Like, every match on here, with the exception of the Almas match, every match on here, you're like, yeah, this is why this is on TV at the moment. This is why, because we're doing all of this to build towards extreme rules. Whereas you can't say that on Raw, what did Ember Moon and Liv Morgan, what did that build towards? What did No Way Jose Major, what did that build towards? Like, this, SmackDown doesn't often have filler guff. And that's, that's fine. With I like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good thing. I think that every match on here, with the exception of the Almas match, built towards Extreme Rules. And I thought it was a very good and effective go-home show. I said this last week, and I'll say it again this week. I'm more excited for the SmackDown matches at Extreme Rules than I am the Raw matches, because I think SmackDown has done a better job of building towards their matches at Extreme Rules than Raw has. Definitely, definitely agree. And I am really enjoying SmackDown at the moment. I'm just, you know with raised expectations comes raised criticism i want it to be the best it can be but back to rusev and aj styles Nine minutes later uh so the 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 way the show that that they told their stuff was it was another shinsuke nakamura and aj styles match yeah. which tom phillips todd sorry correct myself 
kept on putting over and promoting as a WrestleMania rematch. Uh, ignoring all of the other rematches they've also had. Like, this was the first time since. <laughs> well, I know. I mean, I said it in the SmackDown review, but it feels like WWE have just gone out of their way to make this matchup feel not special at all. Yeah. Yeah, you'll want it. You want this match so bad, we're going to hold off for a year. Then we're going to give it all. All of it. I mean, I think this is like the seventh match they've I had was trying to, yeah. since WrestleMania. Smackdown. So there was WrestleMania. There yep. was a SmackDown match. Maybe two SmackDown matches. No, there was definitely one, which yeah, was the one the, to the stipulation for Money in the Bank. There was Greatest Backlash, Greats Royal Rumble, Money in the Bank. Yeah. And then this one. So I think they've had six matches this year all on te- that have been televised. Mm. And I was thinking about this on the way here. It's incredible to think that when they had that Wrestle Kingdom match, that was the first time they'd ever met in the ring. And then at WrestleMania, that was the second time they'd ever had a match together. And here we are, you know, only a few weeks out from WrestleMania, or, you know, a couple of months out from WrestleMania, and we're like, ah, I don't want to see this match again. I'm, I could definitely go without seeing this match again for a little while. So, 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 super serve content. <laughs> yeah. But it is a testament to both guys that even though this has been flogged a bit over the last few months, that they still can come up with some spots that really get me into the match yep. that they haven't done before. So it was just... It was a normal match, which is of a higher quality than everyone else because they're such technically proficient workers. Uh, but And this was Nakamura's return from a, a dog bite yeah, back into was, the yeah, ring. Yeah. Well done, Nax. And uh, the, there was this bit where AJ... Shinsuke goes for the exploder, but AJ flips out of it. And then he does on the ropes Nakamura's come on motion. Yeah. And that really got the crowd into it. It got me into it. And then uh, a few spots later... AJ Styles punches Aiden English, then Nakamura accidentally hits English with the Kinshasa. Rusev was on commentary throughout this, so he got involved, and Shinsuke and Rusev were going to beat down AJ, and Jeff Hardy ran down for the save. Holla, holla! It's a tag match, players. Page decreed. Uh, well, So I've just written here, why bother doing that Nakamura-AJ match at all? Because, why not just have the tag match? Because they had promoted it on social media, which is the way to get people to watch TV. They promoted it on social media as a WrestleMania rematch. So it was an, it's a way to entice people into tuning into SmackDown because, whoa, I've not been watching wrestling, but I get to see a WrestleMania rematch if I tune into this week's episode. Because SmackDown numbers have been decreasingly going down over the last few weeks. Like, they have been dropping viewership numbers. So it almost feels like this is one of those things to be like, guys, if you tune in tonight, you're going to see a WrestleMania rematch trying to build in those people that have been tuning out of SmackDown as of late. So I'm hoping you're playing the WWE mindset thing here. You yes. don't agree with yes, this. Yes, that, just I'm, to clarify that. Yeah, yeah, I'm just playing the WWE don't, mindset yeah. things. Yeah. What, what would that be called? The Bruce. I'm, <laughs> the I'm Bruce. just brucing it up I'm just, here. I'm just being a Pritchard, all right? I'm just, I'm just being an absolute Pritchard here. <laughs> <laughs> Something to bias with. Has that been? Have we talked about something to buy? No, that's with? been a Patreon thing. Yeah, Luke, Luke had a very. He really made me laugh by calling something to wrestle with something to bias with. Yeah, you go. That's you, go new. you go to him for his non-biased opinions. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, you're just brucing that up there. How many people commented Schlam yesterday? I, 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 I That went over really well. Did it? I I think that the two things that people really picked up on yesterday, Schlam. I have three things. Schlam. I was too negative. And um, apparently... What's new? Well, yeah, what else is new, I guess. Um, and apparently three, in America, America, um, sheep shagging is a Scottish stereotype. And someone who was from Wales commented, saying that in Wales, if someone says to a Welshman, oh, you're a sheep shagger, it's like, no, you're thinking of Scotland, mate. It's a Scottish stereotype to the Welsh. 
I think that the awful, and it is an awful stereotype, which I, I don't particularly like and agree with, but apparently, you know, if you're an Englishman and you say, oh, to the Welsh, you're a sheep shagger, we're the only people that do that. Huh. So well. it was a good old lesson, really, for us in, you know... Cultures world, are different. Culture, stereotyping cultures, yeah. you know, it was nice to hear. But Although... To those people who did say that we just agreed with that stereotype, and we were just talking about the stereotype, then say, I thought it was a good stereotype. Although when I did venture to Italy last week in my quest to Byron Saxton, everyone does genuinely talk like this, with their hands doing big movements. Mm-hmm. I, I watched a lot of Italian TV, because I love foreign TV. Mm-hmm. All the, I don't have a clue what they're saying. And uh, yeah, there was this... this a lot of shows with people doing big hand movements like they're in the Sopranos all the time. What are you talking about? So, Very nice. Yeah, some, st- some stereotypes are there because platitudes come from a lot of experience. Yeah. Uh, so back to this. Yeah, Paige came to... Rusev had a, a promo before this singles match as well. Uh, and I just noticed he looks in incredible shape. He his in- shoulders and his upper body is really... He is in WWE Championship yeah, match shape. Yeah. Uh, he is in a what a, a shape that Vince would like. Mm. Uh, I actually thought that Rusev was the shining star of this match, and he wasn't even involved. He was on commentary, and he was just being hilarious. So funny. It was great. There was a point when Corey Graves said, AJ's been really training for this match. He's been going to the gym a lot, and he's been drinking milk. And Rusev just goes, ha ha, milk is for babies. Yeah, and I, th- <laughs> there was another line about, I, I'm going to butcher it, but it was... Something about AJ being an open book. Well, he said because I think it was. I know. I know all of his moves. I know all of his combos. I've read his playbook. I go to the library loads. Rusev's, and again, like he can switch from that comedy stuff to being genuinely intimidating. Something like Kurt Angle was the best at, in my opinion, ever. Yeah, he can do goofy comedy and then be the scariest man, like legit credible, a, a legit credible winner. Uh, so yes, this did turn into. A tag match between Nakamura and Rusev against AJ Styles and Jeff Hardy, which mostly felt like an Extreme Rules promo again. Yeah, I mean, this really was there just to hype up the fact that, you know, these four men are going to be facing in two different matches at, uh, at Extreme Rules. But I meant, like, literally, and, like, and the, the yeah. shrink screen. And he did the shrink screen as mm. well. Yeah. I mean, it was a very short match because the uh, AJ-Nakamura match went through two commercial breaks. So this was, like three segments essentially you know from the tag match uh, sorry from the singles match through to the end of this tag match so it went at quite a long time mm, mm. and i'm glad then that the tag match didn't run too long and eventually um aj aj styles was running what i did it again hardy was running wild and he hit the twist of fate on rusev he went up top to do the swanton bomb nakamura crotched him he fell down and uh, match could kick and rusev won so i thought it really you know credibly built rusev as a you know he's a winning he's the winningest guy in this on this night going into his championship match he's going in with momentum and it doesn't really hurt hardy because he was running wild he did hit the twist fate he did hit the, it was going to hit the swan song, but he was at a two and one disadvantage and that's why he lost and it builds the u.s title match with nakamura and hardy so exactly. that was neat yeah. i just i just felt like and sure rusev won but I felt like they needed to do more to make me buy into Rusev winning. And to answer the question that we initially posed, just imagine if this was, like we said, four months ago, and Rusev had all that big crowd reaction and everyone was so into Rusev Day, just like looking for chances to say Rusev Day. And he all he needed to do was win a match then. And then everyone had been into it. But now, four months later... 
I think you needed a proper beatdown angle of, of Rusev snapping. But it's it's typical WWE, really, in where something organically gets over and the crowd really buy into it, but WWE at that point are not ready to push that person. Zack Ryder is a great example when he had Z True Long Island Story. You know, he was like, that was so over when he was doing those videos. And Zack Ryder was so over that he was getting chants throughout matches that he wasn't involved in. Any time box comeback match. Yeah, like any time that someone was laying down an open challenge, people were hoping it was going to be Ryder. And but WWE just did not want to push him to the point when they did a show in New Jersey, in his hometown, and didn't book him on the show. Just like it's almost like they felt they were doing it out of spite, really. And then you look at Daniel Bryan when Yes was really getting over, and he was getting over as a babyface, and they weren't ready to push him to the point when. And this is my favorite thing. I was reminded of this quite recently. Do you remember that WWE tried to make out that Daniel Bryan wasn't over, but Yes was over? So they just started giving Yes to other people. Big Show. Big they Show gave was doing yes, yes to Big Stephanie Show. Stephanie McMahon was given the Yes chant, and she was doing it in the middle of the ring. They gave it to Alberto Del Rio. It's like, oh, yeah, he does C, C, C. That's his chant now. It's not Daniel Bryan's chant. The only reason Daniel Bryan was in the main event of WrestleMania 30, as by his own words, because they were left with no other choice, because everything fell apart when CM Punk left. I'm surprised we didn't get a Jinder Day then, or other iterations of the day uh, to, to, to try and transfer that Rusev Day heat. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Sorry. 
Smackdown opened, though, with The Miz and a Miz TV segment, and he starts off promoting his Mist... Miz and Mrs? Miz and Mrs, I believe it's called, Mr. Yeah. and Mrs. No, I think it's Miz and Mrs. Miz uh, TV show, which is going to premiere in two weeks' time. I'm actually looking forward to the that. The promo actually looked really, really funny. Well, like, all of the promos have looked really good. Yeah. And, like, The Miz, when he name drops it, he almost gets a baby face reaction. Like, everyone else is looking forward to watching it. It's just... I, we should do a review. <laughs> we should come in at a weekend or whenever it's airing. Yeah. And it's after Smackdown, isn't it? Is it really? I think Maybe so. I'll t- oh, mate. So no one's going to watch 205 Live, because no one does anyway, and they're just going to tune, stay in and watch Mr. and Mrs. Mm. as well. Ms. and Mrs. Only on the USA Network. So, yeah. I mean, I'm actually... I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be really good funny. Although, oh, good fun. Good what funny. I, it's good funny. What I will say though is that it's just amazing who can get a reality TV show this like in this day and age because it's not like the Miz is a massive star. Like outside of wrestling fans, who is really going to be interested in watching this show? Because it's not like Joe mm. Average is going to be tuning into USA and be like, "Oh my god, the Miz has got a reality TV show." Well, I better tune in for that. It's not like he. It's like the Osbournes, where Ozzy Osbourne was like a culturally popular name and people recognized and tuned in to watch that show the kardashians are a universally recognized name and people watch that show just surprised me the usa network would commission a show based around a no one i see it as a spin-off from total bellas because maurice was on there and then you get like total bellas and this is like even though bellas hasn't been doing well in the ratings at all and that's got john cena and daniel bryan attached to it john cena being an actual Mainstream, an a- an star. mainstream star. Uh, I think it's off the back of that. Although those are on E and this is on USA Network. Mm. But I'm happy for him. But he, not, he works bloody hard. But it's not called Total Misses. Yeah, well, because this is a better pun. <laughs> I think the pun won out here over the brand. So Miz welcome Team Hell No, who are, of course, fighting for the tag team titles on Sunday. Team Hell No have, I think, possibly the new worst T-shirt WWE have ever released. <laughs> it is... Ghastly horrible. Yeah, it's not nice. I don't know what's up with their design department sometimes. They're having a really bad year. Look how beautifully minimalist the Balor Club design is. Where you could... Well, like, you know, people would wear that normally. Like these Thrasher t-shirts that are everywhere now. That's a cool design that you don't have to be a skater to wear. Uh, But, yeah, this one, that's not going anywhere. It's awful. It's horrible. Uh, So, yeah, this was just a, a nice way to keep the Miz Brian feud going like Brian was like I'm just going to punch you in the face and Kane doing the anger management stuff no don't do it and they played that up it was really funny and then Miz rolls some footage about how good team hell no used to be but it's actually just how many times Kane has beaten up Daniel Bryan and attacked him in the past and yeah. he's like oh sorry that was Wrong clip. Yeah, he calls out to Kerwin. It's a Kerwin. You're getting fired mm. uh, for, for airing that. Uh, and Brian and Kane obviously see through this. And they're like, you're just trying to stir the pot. You're just trying to make us hate each other going into our tag time match. But that's not going to happen. And he's going to punch him in the face again. But Kane calms him down. And then Miz makes the very idiotic decision, classic heel, to be like, yeah, you listen to your big rig red idiot. And Kane's like, what'd you call me? Well, before then, I can't remember the lead-in line. Oh, it's because Miz said this reunion is like it's all—it's like Justin Timberlake. Justin Timberlake has reunited with NSYNC, and Kane was like, "That's never going to happen." Yeah, JT's way bigger star, <laughs> too, well, too bigger star now, and Kane delivered it perfectly. Kane was amazing on this oh. show. God, like he—the segment they have later with the New Day is so funny, and and really like the NSYNC line, like Schlam the previous night. 
Kane's NSYNC Loki fanboy status was the best thing on this show, I thought. Oh, it was so funny. So, it really was, well delivered. It was really, really great. And it, it just, <coughs> again, we were talking about the Bailey Sasha Banks Dr. Shelby segment of why those didn't yeah. work. And it's because, like, they don't have the comedic timing to make these sorts of segments work. You can't just throw any old people into it. Really, that worked in spite of itself. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Not big. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And it's a lot of people were saying like the if they'd have done the Doctor Shelby segments with Kevin Owens and Braun Strowman, they would have been infinitely better because you had those people there that can work together on this. And it just reminds you how funny Kane's can be and how, what his comedic timing and comedic delivery is. Mm. And it's it's a stark difference to, like, in January this year where we were like, oh, God, Kane's in the main event and I can't believe Kane's <laughs> going for the title and all this. Now I'm like, hey, Kane's in the main event on TV again. And he's ha- going for some titles. And I'm happy to see it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so... In the end, though, Miz, like you said, put his foot in it and Kane turns around and starts choking the Miz. This brought out the Bludgeon Brothers and then Sanity just appeared because, ooh, chaos. They start beating everyone up, which brings down the New Day because they're feuding as well. And I really liked seeing all these different components come together because factions. It made me think, I know the tag teams, really, but... Factions. Well, also, I, what I really liked about this is that they were also very subtly underplaying a potential future feud between Bludgeon Brothers and Sanity because the Bludgeon mm. Brothers came out, Sanity then came out and made the attack instead, and Bludgeon Brothers were almost like, I mean, well, we're going to beat them up, but we're not happy that you jumped them before us. And there's like a great image on WWE.com of the Bludgeon Brothers like staring a hole in Sanity, going like, "Can't believe you did that." Yeah. Like, and you have made it. It's like a Josh we're Barnett. We're the Bludgeoners around here. Like Josh Barnett, a G1 special. <laughs> you done effed up, boy. You done effed up, boy. God, I can't believe that's a shoot. Like, I, I'm still, I still, th- there's no way that's not a wrestling storyline. I think that Jr's injury is the the shoot part of it, but. Well, I, well, who I, d- knows? I, d- I don't know what's going on there. It's, it's fascinating, though. Yeah. Uh, so after this, New Day versus Sanity in a tables match was booked for the Extreme Rules pre-show. Yes. And a ten-man tag for tonight's main event. Because Sanity versus New Day is just not as important as Finn Balor versus Baron Corbin to be on the main card. Yeah. Well, in fairness, Baza Baza Corbs is. Constable. One of the best things on Raw right Constable now. Constable Corbin in his waistcoats. Yeah. Stealing uh, um, uh, Gareth Southgate's look. Then we got it's the... Coming the it's coming home, apparently. Then we got the Rusev stuff with the Nakamura Styles match and then the ensuing tag match with Hardy and Rusev. And then we got James Ellsworth versus Asuka. So you weren't here last week to see <laughs> the original version of this because it was meant to be the battle of, battle of the sexes last week with Ellsworth and Asuka. But Ellsworth just ran away and they both got counted out. And right. then Ellsworth jumped back over the... The night after they did that with Braun Strowman and Kevin Owens. Yes. Uh, and then of course. Asuka jumped over the guardrail to chase up to him and Carmella super kicked her and left her laying and so we, when he went backstage she was like ha 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 look at us we're, we're great and Paige was like nope it's going to be a lumberjack match next week so you can't run away and Jason was like waka waka wah wah that's a shameless I mean like lumberjack is outdated terms now it's it's lumber person <laughs> that, that's what makes me sad that they're still using these 
gender normative well, names what, for things. I'll tell you what made me sad was seeing the quote the entire women's division, which was like seven girls, mm. all coming down together to the same music in pairs, looking like complete dorks. It just reminded me of WrestleMania 25 when Kid Rock's doing his concerts. That's weird. And they all just came out at the same time for their big battle royal, and mm. you're like, oh, this you make him looking like a gimmick. Did you do a SmackDown women standing round the ring? <laughs> I did not know. Uh, you're welcome. Uh, so it's almost like you should call me before I record. So <laughs> you can add in jokes. Ellsworth comes down, and him and Carmella do an in-ring promo before this. Yep. And he has this great moment where he takes off his top, of course, to prepare for the match. And he goes, "Whoa, whoa, whoa! Calm down, ladies!" <laughs> to the <laughs> to the the women's division round the ring. Don't find me too attractive. It's and, so uh, good. He'd, he'd been tweeting earlier in the day that he's going to beat Serena Williams at tennis next, something about NASCAR. And I was enjoying this, but what struck me was the crowd were dead. The crowd were not into this. And they were super into the stuff at the start of the show, the Rusev stuff. Yeah, they weren't into this as much as I thought they would be. Um, but I, I really enjoyed this. Like he said that no one is ready for Asuka, but I am. And if you said for James Ellsworth is like, as, but as soon as the match started, he instantly just tried to bail. He just yeah. tried to get out of the ring, and Becky Naomi rolled him back in. And every time he got out, he just got thrown back in. And then the lumberjacks just all started fighting each other. Yeah, well, l- lumber people—that's not a fan Sorry, anyone. Yeah, yeah, absolutely the, right. it, yeah, that that was uh, a bit just easy, wasn't it? It's was a bit of a booking crutch. Yeah, uh, and you didn't even really need to do it. Because you're just setting up the spot where Asuka dives to the outside on all of them. Yeah, Make you, like you could just have all the women holding Ellsworth, and then ask that like the the women didn't need to turn on each other. No, it, it just seemed really weird because it was <clears throat> essentially they all just at one point were like, and now it's our time to start fighting each other. Like yeah. there was no catalyst for it; it just all started to happen. It was really odd. Mm. Yeah, really, really odd. But eventually, they Ellsworth got back into the ring. Uh, and Asuka threw him into Carmella, locked him in the Asuka lock, and he tapped out and she wins. Uh, and then, uh, oh, Carmella had handed uh, Ellsworth some pepper spray. Hairspray. Was it hairspray, was it? Well, I, 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 I imagine ju- so. I that fits spray in the gimmick new- more. I said spray in the news just to be like, you know, a blanket term. Uh, and so he sprayed her in the eyes and then got laid out with another super kick. And I said this in the review. I've also really enjoyed the builds towards Carmella and Asuka. Hmm. Because for the last few weeks, they've done essentially the same thing but they've been building it each week and each week to make you more frustrated Asuka has always looked dominant in her segments she has always looked like I am the person who is going to win this match I'm clearly better than you I'm stronger than you I'm faster than you and all this but Carmella is the one that's always stood standing because of James Ellsworth shenanigans so it makes you as a fan go like oh if that Carmella needs to get hers that's good heel heat and I think that it's been it's given the Carmella character some clarity which I feel like she really hasn't had since she won the belt. So you and I talked about this, like she was always billed as this undeserving champion, but then would have a match against Charlotte where she would essentially win fair and square. And you're like, well, so is she, I mean, she looks like she is a deserving champion. Now they can do it again as this undeserving champion who isn't on Asuka's level. And I think it works for her character much better this way. I'm not as into it. Uh, because I, I know, right? So negative. I enjoyed the show. I'll preface it by saying (laughs) I enjoyed this. You you are what people call me, a glass half empty kind of guy. Uh, The glass is just double the size that it needs to be. We're we're rationalists (laughs) is the other version of that joke. Mm -hmm. Uh, I feel like Ellsworth coming back, and as much as I'm enjoying him, I don't think his particular act can get over 
unless he's allowed to hit Asuka in a match. Like I think, I, and I, I was trying to figure out why the crowd weren't more into it because James Ellsworth is a good heel. Asuka is a badass ass kicker. So why weren't they into this particular match? And I think it's because they, you know, Ellsworth's been neutered. There's no threat there. But if you, if Ellsworth could lay in a few punches or just actually have some offense, he could really work the crowd. And, and whip them up because no one wants to see that like that it's quite an offensive thing and you could get some easy cheap heat i understand why wwe don't want men on women violence like that way but then don't book it then if you're not going to go through the whole thing also i am more into ellsworth versus Asuka, and i think carmella has taken a back seat in all this mm-hmm. so i'm not interested in seeing carmella versus Asuka this weekend i and and all the stuff that she was doing about like how she was the best female wrestler in the world and she's better than Elsa Elsa from Frozen and Lara Croft and all those people. Uh, Beyonce, she said, that was a fun act because it was it was really hollow. But now James Ellsworth's doing that act, saying he's better than all the women. So actually, I think it's mudded Carmella's character and undermined it. That's interesting. That's yeah. an interesting take, yeah. I, could, I certainly don't disagree with you either. I just, I've just really enjoyed this over the last few weeks, and I'm looking forward to their match on Sunday, even though I don't think Asuka's going to win. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then we got the brilliant backstage segment with Hell No and The New Day, and it was... Uh, it was. It looks like it was in Kane's setup. Yeah. So some red lighting on the wall, just a nondescript kind of creepy area backstage. And I mean, I don't want to give uh, WWE too much credit for this. They managed to make five people in a very small space look like it was naturally set up. Like they weren't just standing in a row chatting to each other, like like you and I do when we record this. It just looked like they had sat down in those natural positions. It's a nice semicircle. It's a nice semicircle. Yeah. They do exist in WWE. Uh, and Kane and Brian were bickering because well, that's what they do. It was so very funny. They were trying to work out their strategy to beat up the Bludgeon Brothers and Sanity. And Brian said, look, they're big guys. We need to go after their knees and take them down like trees. And Kane was like, no, we need to set them on fire. That's the only <laughs> way we can beat them. And Brian's like, your suggestion is to just call up Satan and get him to open up he- like, open up a portal to hell. And Kane pauses and goes, I mean, it was more of a gateway, but yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that was really good, that line. But then uh, Biggie is telling them all to get like, are you going to do this? Yes. Are you going to do this? Yes. And he's riling everyone up in a very, like, Biggie's a great promo. And then it gets to Kane. And rather than saying yes, he does this long line, which kind of sounds like Kane awkward verbiage. And I was like, that's weird for him to say that. And it's because Brian asks him after that, is that an NSYNC line? <laughs> And Kane says, that doesn't take yeah. away from the point I was trying to make. <laughs> he goes like, he goes, well, they still apply. Yeah, yeah. So that was that was genuine. This was all genuinely good. Built the match. Had comedy. Thumbs up all round. And a, I am, a flawless segment. And I am also all behind Big E referring to Daniel Bryan as the goat face killer. I'm well behind yeah, that. Yeah. That's a great little nickname for him. Uh, after that, Ellsworth and Carmella are gloating backstage and they run into Paige. Ellsworth puckers up because <laughs> yep. women can't resist that man. Well, it's because he he and Paige have been having a bit of a... like. Yeah. He seems to think that Paige is really into him. He's got it into his head that they are a future item. And he's the only one that he's going to allow to, to bask in his glory, as Keith Lee might say. Again, but- which which makes the Carmella relationship a bit weird. Because like, what I thought he's infatuated with her. No, no, he's just, he's just a lackey. He's just someone that she can throw into harm's mm. way and have him 
uh, and have her win matches. Like he just helps her win. I just think it's a strange dynamic. I much prefer this than him being in a dog collar. I think there's a happy medium somewhere. Uh, I, it's like I like the individual components, but something isn't gelling overall for me. Uh, but this is where Paige reveals there's going to be an extreme stipulation for Asuka and Carmella. There's a shark cage. He's going to be suspended above the ring, guaranteeing he'll get involved. It's it's typical babyface GM type stuff. It's like, you are being a real nuisance in interfering in matches, so I'm going to put you around the ring. I'm going to put you basically where you can interfere. Like, banning him from ringside keeps him away from the ring. But like, I'm essentially putting you in the match. Luke, people bounce off the ropes. <laughs> these 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 are kayfabe things we've just got to accept. I, I don't mind it. I think it's going to be very funny, uh, James Ellsworth being in the cage. And actually, it's just nice to see an ex- match at Extreme Rules get a stipulation because there aren't many of them. They've been chucking them in this week, haven't they? Uh, steel cage, um, table match. Yeah, and suddenly everyone's like, oh yeah, it's called Extreme Rules, isn't it? Because I think there's the table match, the steel cage match, the Extreme Rules match between Naya and Alexa, uh, and a shark cage. Iron Man, if you want to count that. It's not really extreme. Yeah, though. and then I think every every other match is just a straight-up match. Mm. So ju- just under half the card, probably, Well, steps. One of the uh, rumours that was around yesterday by WrestleVotes is that WWE are thinking about changing a couple of the pay-per-views this year already, um, getting rid of some of the gimmicks, and mm. TLC being one of them. Well, TLC's been moved to December. Yeah, but even changing the, the ah. concept of the show, so it's not the TLC pay-per-view. Oh, okay. And um, Clash of Champions being the other one. Oh, well, yeah, that Clash of Champions seems to have been dropped because TLC's been moved to that slot, but that's interesting. Uh, I'll add that to my news, actually, because that's what my story's on today. So do you want to hear my prediction for how Ellsworth's going to get involved? Oh, I'd love to. So the hairspray has been the Carmella weapon of choice against Asuka. For one night, yep. Oh, was it not the previous week? No. Well, f- fair enough, it's it's a thing, it's been set up. You're calling it your Chekhov's gun. <clears throat> It's my Chekhov's hairspray. So Ellsworth is suspended above the ring. And the way shark cages usually work is the person in the shark cage will drop a weapon to the heel and they'll use it to win. Or the babyface will get it and then use that to win. Uh, So I think he's going to smuggle in a hairspray canister in the trunks. Oh, I see. Because he's Big Dick Ellsworth. <laughs> he's the big hog, as Daniel Bryan has pointed out. Okay. Um, that suits his character. I don't think they're going to do it, but that's what yeah, I would do. I, I could certainly see that, but just as a counter to your thing, you said, like, a heel always drops something out. Sometimes they oil themselves up and slip out of the cage. They strip down to their skivvies mm. and oil themselves up and slip out. If you, uh... Yes. Recall that from last year. That was a baby face <laughs> in a shark cage. I don't know. I don't know. He's right? really, every, they're all they're all no longer with the company. <laughs> That's what happens when you screw those things up. Now you said earlier that Sin Cara and Andrade Cien Almas didn't fit on this show, and I agree because it was a go home show. This was kind of just a tire loose end from something they set up four weeks ago. Sin Cara got injured; they couldn't have that match back then, so it didn't build to anything extreme rules. But my golly, for the five minutes they had, what a match this was. This was probably the best match on the show. It's interesting you say that because I'm actually going to take a different stance <gasps> to you. I I mean, perhaps I was just really sort of um, taken aback, I suppose, is, is a strong term. But Almas got zero reaction. Like, the crowd, 
like there was not even a there was no booze there wasn't a murmur there was just it was dead and it was a dead reaction for Sinkara as well they popped for moves but they were just absolutely not into it and i was like i can't believe they've managed to balls this up like within because this is only his third match on the main roster in 14 weeks and you're like how did you get this so right? He was that kid. Look, that, that's the great thing about SmackDown. They cycle people on and off. And you, you don't... Well, if you'd let me, if you'd let me uh, argue that point, with a great argument to it, I might add, you didn't need to have this match. Because if you were just not going to use um, uh, Almas in a role, because you are just cycling people in and cycling people out, don't just put him on TV in random pointless matches. Particularly in a match where Sin Cara took 98% of the match and Almas just won at the end with a couple of moves. Because mm. this didn't do any favours for Almas. This isn't going to help him get reactions because no one popped for the finish, no one popped for his entrance. He's got zero reaction. It's just like he is 100% cooled off. Yeah, I totally... Ninety percent called off. Okay. I because like you know we said, Eric Young losing. It's like Sanity's first loss. Uh, that's killed them. I don't think it has. So I think Almas can come back from this. But uh, I I, I, yeah. I I agree with everything you said. Yeah, but he I can. also need to bring him back into something. Yeah, like an actual feud rather than just doing a random Sinkara match. But I also really enjoyed the actual match. I mm. think Sinkara looked great. I thought Almas looked great. I know he did like splitwise. If you're going to use it to push Almas, if you went into this not knowing anything about either guy and where Almas should be on the card, then you this was a really good match. I did great double stomp on Sinkara from the apron that got a reaction. Well, that's because it's such but, a yeah. but they pop for big moves. It's the two hundred five live thing from last week. The crowd weren't reacting to the match; they were just reacting to spots. Yeah, uh, but hopefully in time. Uh, I thought I thought they. They did enough to keep the plate spinning, but unfortunately the, the plate is like it's almost going to fall off there. Wibbly-wobbly at the moment. We got a Sanity and Bludgeon Brothers promo next. Uh, Sanity were cutting what I've written as a Bray Wyatt promo. They, did, they even said the term, we're here. Mm. So that was, from my recollection in NXT, they'd have different stuff in the background. It wasn't just black. They essentially were set up in like a post-apocalyptic landscapes, mm. you know, like burnt out cars. And Which is like cool. Canisters, canisters with, with fire coming out of them and smoke and all this sort of stuff. This very much was just like a black out the room, get a little fog machine in there and you cut your promo now. And actually, we've got this one recycled from Bray Wyatt. Um, if you could just read that, Eric Young, that'd be grand. Uh, I guess I can see some of the argument for it because then the Bludgeon Brothers were going to come in and it, it was more of a Bludgeon Brothers feel, that promo, like the setup, rather than a sanity thing. Which is which is a shame because like you, they're quite similar acts and you want to do as much to visually differentiate them as possible. And, and they didn't do that here. And I'm worried about them stepping on each other's toes. Yeah, and this again was like the, the, the setting up a possible future feud between the mm. two because they came in and they had this awkward stare off and that played off into the match itself. And it's just, I, I really think that Sanity could have benefited from different promo styles. You yes. know, shooting it from different camera angles, different lenses, different effects over the lenses. Just give it a more chaotic feel as opposed to just a standard promo that the Bludgeon Brothers might do, as you just said then. Make them feel different. It's why we were talking about this, we really liked the Usos promos last year because they were in different backgrounds to mm. everyone else. They were walking when they were doing their promos and the camera was following them. It made them feel like a different team than, than everyone else on the roster. Yeah, and um, presentation's so important with yeah. getting wrestlers over. And NXT really understands that and they put in the time to make everyone feel different and unique. 
but the main roster seems to be all about flattening them out and WWE's the main thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this then turned into Sanity and Bludgeon Brothers versus Hell No and the New Day for a 10-man tag main event. Uh, I, this this was... It was mostly adverts again for me. I, I never really got into the match. There was yeah. some fun stuff. There was the Extreme Rules promo shrink down and then there was an ad break and and... Yeah. Yeah, I mean I've I've more a or Mr. less Mr. and Mrs. advert as well. My notes for this more or less are like it broke down into a brawl straight away. Uh there was a moment when the Bludgeon Brothers Insanity had a bit of a tense moment um, like attacking each other in and out. Um and also there was a moment when like Killian Dane got tagged in and the commentators were like, Oh my god, it's the bulldozer from Belfast. He's this big giant screaming monster, he can't be stopped. And he does a rest hold. And I was like what agent booked that? Yeah. Like, having go in and do power moves against, like... Headlock. Exactly, just going like, oh, and a head crank. Oh, man, look at me, I'm a bulldozer. It's well, like, that doesn't put you over as a bulldozer. That that was because it was going straight into the ad break. Well, well that's, yeah, but that's... Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, don't, I know. Don't do that spot there, then. Like, I'm bruising. That- I'm bruising <laughs> up here. I'm being such a Pritchard. I'm explaining uh, WWE's mindset. Uh, so that was like, and the other note I really had from this is like do you remember in TNA when Eric Young was their avatar for Daniel Bryan I wrote <laughs> that as well like Daniel Bryan versus Eric Young what alternative universe is this <laughs> that speak about Bizarro World it was like that Spider-Man meme where they're pointing at each other yeah like, yeah <laughs> it's just I, from you a few years ago Young Grout his beard really big yeah. he looked like a carbon copy of oh, Bryan such a carbon copy yeah. it was hilarious uh, my my other note on this is that at the end when it all breaks down and everyone's hitting moves on each other, it got quite exciting, <clears throat> as the multi-man tag matches do yeah. in WWE. Near the end, at least. And Big E sends, like, he does this flip on Kofi, so Kofi crashes into Luke Harper. And then Big E stood in the ring for, for quite a while. ages. And it's ob- it was obviously waiting for Dane to run around and hit that epic crossbody on Kofi when Kofi stands up. But Dane must have been somewhere else entirely. Yeah, he missed his Still spot. in a rest hold somewhere. <laughs> Neck crank on the outside. Because it like, it really took out the pacing of the match. And then when Dane hit that, he got in and Biggie and him spiralled through the other side. Yeah. And Brian got the win with the knee on a Young. So that's two losses. That's, for... They are still winless on the main mm. roster. Not not the best way to, to bring them up. But I did say in the review that, in fairness... You needed to give Team Hell No the win, and you couldn't have them pin one of the members of Bludgeon Brothers because that's you were trying to set up their tag match this Sunday. So one of Sanity had to take the pin. With, I disagree. With, with that said, it's still really stupid because Sanity are winless on the main roster, and it really flattens them out and makes them look like a, lo- a load of jabronis. Why can't so the that. Bludgeon Brothers have pinned a member of the New Day? Because the New Day and Sanity are on the pre-show. Because you want to give Team Hell No the big win. Because they're doing their big pyro shtick at the end. And they're the ones, they're the act that you're really pushing at the moment on SmackDown. You want them to be hot going into their tag match on Sunday, which I don't think they're winning. Yeah. Uh, I, 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 yeah, as fun as the bit at the end was, I don't think that meant you, 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 that justifies beating Sanity. I'm just being a Pritchard. I know you're bruising it up. But uh, th- let's talk about that. So Brian wins the match and Brian and Kane are on the ramp and Kane's doing the yes chant and Brian goes, hey, wait a second, I've got this. And he brings his hands up like Kane and brings them down for the pyro. Nothing happens. 
So he said, I'll try again. He does it again. Nothing happens. One last time. And Kane's like, it's not going to work. That's my thing. And Brian does it. And the pyro hits. The return, Luke, of pyro. It's amazing. I didn't even notice it had gone. What? I know. It was really weird because like, when I was writing up my review, I suddenly thought it was like, I wonder if everyone in the comments is going to bring up that Pyro was on this show. And it just didn't even like it didn't even register with me that there was Pyro on the show. It's a big deal when it comes back. That's how much WWE sees in Kane. Not Brian. (laughs) Kane gets the Pyro. But Uh, I I thought the gag was going to be that Brian was trying to do it on the third attempt. Kane was going to be behind him and do it. And he was going to suffer the Pyro and be like, oh, yeah, mate, you did it. Well, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought that was going to be the gag. But it was actually really nice with Brian sitting up and Kane going like, what? What happened? I, yeah, it's like both versions of that are good. Yeah. But if it was me, I, I thought that as well. I would have gone with Kane doing it because I think that's quite... I, I always go for sweetness yeah, more. Yeah, that would have been a really nice moment. Uh, but yes, uh, overall, I this was a go-home episode and I know I was critical on it, but I did enjoy the show. But for me, th- this was an average show. I thought but was, there's nothing yeah. wrong with being average. Like, sometimes you want to be okay. It's what the Wrestle Ramble yeah, strives yeah, to be. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the show. I've been really enjoying SmackDown as of late. I'm really into the feuds they've got at the moment. I'm so much more looking forward to their matches than I am than anything that is happening on Raw, with the exception of Rollins and Ziggler. It's about the only thing from Raw that I'm, I'm really excited about for Extreme Rules. And I think a lot of these matches are going to be really good, and I'm really looking forward to them. Jamie Chadwick has gotten in touch uh, with a Rusev Hay. Rusev Hay. Hi, Luke and Ollie. I saw that some people were uh, posting their wrestling encounters, and I remembered mine, which is, uh, however, it's a bit boring, so I'll understand if it's a bit S-word. Back in 2010, I was just a kid, and my family went to WrestleMania 26. Unfortunately, I don't remember much from it, but I do remember going to WrestleMania Access. Anyway, at Access, you can wait in line to meet a superstar, and for some reason, instead of meeting a big wrestler like Kane, we met some other wrestlers like JTG and Shad Gaspard. <laughs> other wrestlers we saw were Haunt and Yoshi Tatsu. God, doesn't that just scream like the WWE mm. mid-card of WrestleMania 26? But the best one was Gold Dust. I can already hear real Dan's Dan getting excited. When I was a kid, and a bit now, I was chubby and I had long hair and I was called Princess a lot at, the, uh, at theme parks and I would get angry about it. So I was particularly cool... So he hasn't got a lot of punctuation here. So it was particularly cool as a kid when Gold Dust said to me, You've got hunter hair going on. Unfortunately, Ooh. I lost the photos, and I'm sorry if this story is boring, but I thought I would share it anyway. Thanks, guys. Jamie Chadwick. Hunter hair. I like that hunter hair. Not Triple H hair. Is that what he meant? Or like, hunter, well, I'm, I'm scared you might kill someone. I there. read it as hunter hair, as in like Triple H hair. Mm. Um, so yeah, maybe that's like the most ringing endorsement that a veteran can give you. Like, hey, you've got the same hair as my boss. Hunter hair sounds like it's a thing backstage. Oh, yes, you're Oh, look, right. someone's got, got hunter, hunter hair. hair. Oops, someone's trying to be hunter. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, like Bobby Roode walks in. <laughs> Good job you shaved your hunter hair. <laughs> I like that. Um, oh, we've got an email here from who we've been calling um, uh, Will... So we call him Will Height on the, in the Patreon channel. It's a $25 pledge hammer. Dropped from a great Will Height. He actually messaged me to let me know that it's hate. Oh, that pun no longer works. I know, so... Was that Will Hate? Yes, it was like, Will Hate Me Not. Oof. Which I might, we might have to change that to in the Patreon thing. Which is annoying. because an aggressive dro- last name. Because Drop From A Great Height was such a good one as that well. That was good. But you can have fun with hate. 
You certainly can do. Hey Luke, not Ollie. I wanted to share a throwback story from 2002 where my non-wrestling fan father met Hulk Hogan and Stone Cold Steve Austin. That's right, it's another Rusev, hey. When were they hanging out? At WrestleMania 30? 30? Where are you, man? It's 2002. Oh, 2002. Sorry, I missed. I didn't hear. I thought it was more recent. Carry on. Uh, my dad worked in Baltimore, Maryland, and is an excellent billiards player, which I think is pool. It's pool in America, but it's billiards over here has no holes, I believe. Mm. Whereas billiards Where over there. Where do the there, balls go? You don't. You, you knock it off the sides, and there's some there's some like pillars in the middle of the table as well. I Maybe see. it is this. No, because the Americans do say shoot some pool. So billiards must be with the that same as well. thing. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Glad we had that. Glad we cleared that up. It's um, probably wrong. Yeah. One Sunday evening, he was out at a bar with co-workers, and Hogan and Austin were shooting pool. He's written here, shooting pool, as you just eloquently said, and had quite the crowd around them. My dad sort of recognised Hogan, but didn't have a clue who Austin was. And since <laughs> nobody was playing them, he decided to challenge Hogan and Austin no! to a round of pool. Here's the best bit. After losing four games in a row, Austin got pissed off and left the table. However, not before buying my dad and his co-workers a round of beer out of respect. Hogan shook my dad's hand and left the bar. My dad called me the following afternoon after I was done from school, saying he played pool with Hulk Hogan and a guy named Wild Bill Austin or something like that. Still have no. a big... <laughs> Still haven't forgiven him for calling him Wild Bill, but it's still a cool story nonetheless. Love you guys. Will from New Jersey or WWE appropriate, Will <laughs> from the New York area. <laughs> oh, what a story. That is a great story. And what a classic dad thing to do, to just get it <laughs> slightly wrong. Just just wrong enough to be c- too close to right that it's annoying. Yeah. It's more annoying that it wasn't just completely the, the incorrect and what i love about that story as well is that we here as wrestling fans he's like he played pool with stone cold steve austin we're like what no what an incredible story. he's like didn't even know his name mm. just i just played pool with some lad who apparently is the biggest star in wrestling history blimey two of them it's exactly two it's like two wrestling icons shooting pool together at probably one of Hogan's failing restaurants. That's pretty badass. That is pretty uh, badass. I think I've heard that story, uh, but in Hulk Hogan's version, he won all the games <laughs> and then beat everyone else in there, I, but then laid down for someone. I think sweet. the story version I heard is that he snapped uh, the pool thing. Q. Q, thank you. Just by holding it, just because like his his biceps are yeah. so big. And then he had to use Austin. He like tipped up Austin's <laughs> head and used him as one big giant Q. He was like, use me, brother. It's fan. And he used him as the pool uh, Q instead. Speaking of a Q ball head, that is, that is Austin. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I thought I was waiting for where that was going. No, no, no. I no, thought was... you were trying to say, like, speaking of Q ball heads, you're losing your hair. Uh, no. God, you are so defensive at the moment. <laughs> I am a little bit. It's 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 queer eye man. Oh, actually, I've I like a... how you brought that down. I mean, I am though. Yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. So I'm going to a thirtieth birthday party this weekend uh, at a very uh, my some my f- friends a bit well to do mm. from a very posh family, very very posh, big house. So they want to have it like a big grand affair. So the invite does say dress to impress. Now, I'm trying my best to be a better, sharper dresser, but I'm still. I'm not overly sure on what to do. I'm still learning these sorts of things. So I did something that I never thought I would do and something I've never done before. I texted I text my friends who are also going and said, what are you guys wearing? 
Whoa. Just to get a feel for the room, man. I, I text my friend um, Tom West and the the husband of the friend's birthday and said, like, what are you guys wearing? What would the old Luke have done? Just turn up in shorts? No, I, oh God, no, I wouldn't have worn shorts. I my, could my, you my jacket. My, uh, yeah, um, that's what I should do. I should wear the uh, outfit I had for the, um, the Stephanie video, McMahon yeah. rap video. Yeah, I mean, they'll be impressed. Everyone at the moment is very much going on like a, we should all wear waistcoats though. We should all go like dressed as, as Gareth Southgate. That's the thing. I don't own a waistcoat. Mm. Um, but I've got another um, wrestling encounter for you, another Rusev Hay, as you might say. This is from Stephen Zuchic, actually the curator of Rusev Hay. He was the man who snapped oh, the photo. I thought I recognised the name. Who, who, who was a bit sad that we were mean about him. Exactly, yeah. So we, we didn't mean to sound like a creep. But he has got a much better Rusev hey. Okay. And honestly, I would have started with this one rather than the Rusev story. So he's he, he's got history. So he's going <laughs> after a lot of WWE superstars. That's not fair at all. <laughs> Steven Zuchic has written, um, The time I met Eric Young and Alistair Black, my brother-in-law and myself bought tickets to NXT in Pittsburgh last year. Weeks later, his friend asked me if I wanted, if he wanted to go. My friend goes by the name Number 2, said a wrestler got in contact with him. <clears throat> hmm, hang on. His friend goes by the name Number 2, said a wrestler got in contact with him on Twitter and wanted to see if he wanted to see him at the show. So my brother-in-law, Jesse, reached out to me. Are we all clear on where the story is started? So, so Stephen's friend is a wrestler called Number 2. And another wrestler got in contact with number two? Yes. To see if he wanted to go see him at the show. So I think yes. number two knows a wrestler in NXT. Right. Okay. So I think we're, I think we're all right where we are here. Um, wow. Here we go. Um, oh, right. Okay. So, Jesse. Why which, don't you read these before we start? I did, but I skipped some <laughs> of it. Um, Jesse, which is his brother-in-law, manages Anti-Flag, who are a punk band. Okay. Um, who number two is a part of? Right. Okay. Apparently, uh, anti-flag is no. That's black flag, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Apparently, Eric Young is a big fan of theirs. Number two has no clue about wrestling, but is excited to go. Even though we had tickets, we took EY's tickets instead. There are five of us in, in total going to the show. I'm the only one that really knows what's going on. Sanity <laughs> were wrestling the champs' undisputed era. After that was an intermission. Not sure. Uh, and sure enough, EY comes out to get us. We go backstage, meet him, and have a chat. Super cool guy. Big hockey guy. As a hockey player myself, we chatted about that. Told him I was a big fan of his back in the day with his don't fire eric tna days then alistair black's music hit as he walks by us young stops him and introduces us whoa i thought it was the coolest thing black was and in the caps lock here extremely nice guy i shook his hand and he ran off as he joked that's my music <laughs> <laughs> after a nice 10 minutes that's, my music. that's my <laughs> oh no i'm gonna be late for my match i would stop for a smoke and a pancake but that's my music I've got to do the lay down thing and I, I come up really slowly. It looks cool. You seen it? You come out. You come out later. No man is ever truly good. <laughs> After a nice 10 minutes. That was extremely racist on our part. It's not. It's xenophobic <laughs> and it's just making fun of an accent. Although that's a lot better if we were to do other countries' accents. I'm not sure why one's wrong and one isn't. After a nice 10 minute or so chat, number two asks to take a photo with him. After their photo, EY offers to have one with the rest of us. Such a cool moment. Like Luke says, uh, like Luke says a few minutes means a lot to fans. That's right, that's what I do say. Although, let's attribute to Rob Zombie. That's who you know, originated this. I don't want to post the brag story, 
but I had to redeem myself. Here's the pig. I'm the one in the AJ shirt. Thanks, guys, for taking the time to read these. Sorry, it's a bit long. Sorry, I butchered your email a little bit, and sorry we struggled. But that is a picture yeah. backstage of Eric Young and their friends, and there's Steven Zuchich right on the right there in the red AJ Styles t-shirt. Steven D- Zuchich, are you sure you're not also Zack Ryder? <laughs> Or related to Zack Ryder in any he way? He has got a bit of Zack Ryder about him, has Zack Ryder in his face. A b- and that's not an insult. No. Because he is going out, well, was going out with Emma. Yeah. And is now going out with Chelsea Green. Hey, man, I mean, that's a pretty good track record, yeah. if ever there was one. Now, we have gone past our marker. How far got, are we? Well, it's 23 minutes, so 10 minutes since the last one. So okay. we're at the, actually at the 10-minute mark, but... This is why you're not allowed to do the timings. But would you like a poetry corner? Go on, then. From? One. Well, I've only got one. Okay. From Real Dan's Dad. <gasps> okay. All now sudden, I'm interested. Now he's interested again. Hi, Luke, and hey, Ollie. You asked me to do a poetry corner. I did not do one before because if there's one thing I can't do, it's poetry, not even in German. <laughs> so I waited for the right opportunity, and here he is. After a long struggle, I am able to announce something big to you in the SWAF Nation as part of the poetry corner. Okay. Destination ahead. Mm. It's the place to be, they say, so nothing could really keep me away. It's the one thing I always wanted to do, and well, part of that is meeting you. The time has come to do something out of the box. Time to do something that absolutely rocks. For first time to see this land. I am sure it'll be like the first time dinos were seeing Dr. Alan Grant. Whoa. That's contrived. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. Yes, it's true, if you will. It's time for the arrival of the mayor of Painesville. I'm hopeful to meet you, some wrestlers, even the guy named Callis, first name Don. It's time for me to come to (gasps) Wrestling Media Con. Let's hope everything works out fine because you know always the bridesmaids, something could still go wrong. Hopefully you don't bail out on the convention now. Best wishes, Dan. Oh, my Lord. (laughs) We're going to get to meet real Dan's Dan. The real Dan's Dan is coming to Wrestling Media Con. We should put him on the website, really. I th- he's he's going to be a draw <laughs> to the, the pod swafters and the after swafters. We could get like, get him a booth, give him a little table, get him to start signing merchandise. Dan, you're going to be my Kevin Kelly <laughs> Oh, Media do, Con. Do you want to quickly tell your Kevin Kelly story? Did I not tell it No, you, to- you told it to me and Fakeador. Oh, right. Uh, I was, so at the, not to trample on Dan's amazing announcement i can't wait for that well it's gonna be awesome you're putting it in conjunction like in conjunction rather yeah okay well that yeah uh so at the new japan show that i was signing stuff at uh Brag. The, there was like a carder in the meet and greet there was a carder and there was suzuki who i accidentally made eye contact with and he just didn't stop looking at me but i think <laughs> he's got eyes that just look at everyone all the time zach was there came over and hugged me uh uh will osprey was there just you know some of the best wrestlers in the world who I have really admired over the last couple of years. And by my table was all the pictures that people picked up as they went in to get them signed. I was like, oh, wow, that's a good one. That's a good picture of that person. What's Kevin Kelly doing? Like, why's Kevin Kelly got a picture here? And someone goes, oh, he's over there. And I turn round and I freaked out that Kevin Kelly was standing about 10 feet away from me in his suit. And he, what do you want me to introduce you? I was like, no, 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 no I wasn't ready. No, I was going to be here. And he was the only guy, that and Pyro later on, were the only things I really reacted to properly in the whole day. I was honestly, because like, you know, it's like 
sure, AJ Styles, it's almost too big to comprehend that you're meeting him. Uh, and it's just like, oh, cool, thanks to meet you. But if it's like a Red Shoes or uh, a Kevin Kelly or a Callus, I'm just, yeah, those are my guys. <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the real Ultimate Warrior Award. <laughs> I like the, the people not in the ring. <laughs> But yes, that was so. Yeah, yeah but, can't wait to see you, Dan. But thank you so much for your poetry corner submission, Dan. Dan, if you do want to submit any poetry corners uh, to the Wrestle Ramble podcast, Luke at WrestleTalk.com. I'm now out of poems, I think. Um, so it'd be really good for people to get in touch with those. And thank you for anyone who got in touch with this. Stephen Zuchich, I loved your Eric Young story, at particularly the Alistair Black moment. I think that mm. was uh, that was excellent. And anyone who got in touch with us. And also. Why not come to Wrestling Media Con as well? Where you can meet real Dan's Dan. Yes. And us. And us, but we, we are now st- un- Se- we're second, second Billy. Yeah, second yeah Billy. we're underneath his name in the poster. Real Dan's Dan featuring WrestleTalk. Oh, someone make that poster. <laughs> I'll start tweeting that around. No, like, who is this real Dan's Dan? Yeah. It's the biggest thing in wrestling. Absolutely. He's the mayor of Painsville. Yeah. <laughs> He's got so many names. He's the br- no longer the bridesmaid. Yeah, so uh, go over to Wrestling Media Con and uh, get some tickets. That's WrestlingMediaCon.com. Uh, you need to finish that off, otherwise people might go somewhere else. Oh, Google it. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> but that is all we've got time for on this uh, long podcast. We've recorded about half an hour now. But thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you on Friday for our Extreme Rules predictions with El Fakador and see if he can finally become part of the WrestleTalk team. Otherwise, we're going to kick him out on his keister for trying to infiltrate us, the swine. But until then, I love you. Goodbye. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. 
Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.